Pastor's Cut podcast. This is for the week of August 27th, 2023, and this is our grand finale on the book of Hebrews. And uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been here. A lot of us have been traveling, so we we try to do this podcast every week, but when our schedules kind of get in the way, we have to adjust. So, hey there, Marissa. Hi. Hey there, Dave. Howdy. And Brad is out today, so this is going to be a flawless podcast today without him. We don't even we don't even need that guy. <laughs> We're going to miss. He usually has one little nugget that he throws in there that we all we all stand in awe of, and we're like, okay, yeah, we needed he's, him. He's really listening. He's not just sleeping there behind the computer, so that's good to know. <laughs> so I'm sleeping behind the computer there today you go. instead. So um, so we're at the end of summer. So just the retrospect uh, of summer 2023. What was your favorite moment? of the entire summer. Marissa, what you have oh, a moment? Favorite moments, yeah. So last night was our first back to school event. We've got another one tonight. Kids going back to school on Thursday. So just the man, I really miss the just the ease of summer. Yeah. Um but my highlight was seeing my brother. Um we don't he lives in Florida, so we don't get to see him as much. Um my sister, I'm blessed that she's here in town and and her family and my parents. Mm-hmm. But um when when we went on our family vacation I got to see my brother for a whole week. Very good. So of your siblings, who's the coolest? Is it you? Uh, I can't choose amongst my siblings. Yeah, you can. It's definitely it's not me, though. Come on. It it's is definitely Marissa. not me. It's, it's Marissa. <laughs> we vote. You tell your, your brother and sister we said that. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dave, Dave, what was the best moment of the summer for you? Oh, my goodness. We had a lot of fun things as a family, but I think my favorite memory of the summer, my favorite moment would have been this past Saturday, uh, I spent the summer coaching. Uh, Christopher was in a basketball league at the YMCA, and his he had the smallest team out of all the teams. Hmm. All of the kids started out without even really knowing how to dribble a ball, let alone anything else. They were the little team that could. There were six <laughs> of our guys. Uh, usually four guys would show up to a game, not even have all six. Hmm. And um, we played on Saturday against an undefeated team that you would have thought we were playing a championship game. It was <laughs> intense. We ended up tying the game 22 nice. to 22. Oh, yeah. Our team came back and rallied. We ended the season at 5-2 and 1. Okay. The little team that could pulled it off. Man, and you, you robbed that other team of the undefeated season. <laughs> yeah. That's That was fun for me. And the crazy part is that there's a church member whose grandson is on the other team. And he came up to me after the game and said, you know what? I'm actually glad that you didn't let them win because they they kind of needed that. Yeah. <laughs> a little humility at the end of the season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> keep them down. That's there right. You go. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Marissa is the coolest of among her siblings. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, for me, a highlight of our summer is uh, is always cowboy camp that we do. I call it that, but it's uh, called Blois Camp Meeting, and it's out uh, near Marfa and Fort Davis, Texas, mm-hmm. and. You know, just some great people, and it's kind of where I come from, but but also just the the surroundings. The Fort Davis Mountains are absolutely beautiful. So to spend a week out there and not have a lot going on. I have to teach periodically, mm-hmm. uh, but there are other ministers that share that load. And uh, it's about a 1,000 cattle ranchers out from all around West Texas, and it's a little bit like the old-time camp meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just great to rest and eat a lot of beef. Yeah. That's always a hot. And it's about 1,000 degrees. It was a little bit thousand hotter. 1,000 people, 1,000 degrees. <laughs> it was a little bit hotter this summer. It, it, did, it did top out over 100 degrees on the hottest days, and there's no AC out there. But uh, yeah. you know what? It's just for a few hours during the day, and the nights are nice and cool. Yeah. So Nothing beef can't solve. Nothing beef can't solve. And it's true... The stars at night 
really are big and bright oh. in the heart of Texas, and that's sweet. Okay, so we're Hebrews 13. <laughs> I like that little slide in there. It's, it's, it's true. I've seen giant. I know it's a lie. That's, oh, <laughs> it's well, listen, don't judge Marfa by giant. Uh, judge it by other things. So, um, so Hebrews 13, this is the end of Hebrews. Uh, looking back, I am... So grateful that I went into the study. There were a few weeks I questioned my wisdom and in diving into this because it's a it's a challenging book. Uh, but but I feel like uh, for me at least it's become a, a companion for the last several months. I started working on this back in January, and so in chapter thirteen, uh, as a community group leaders, you can take any part of this chapter that you want. There's a lot of richness. Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do is uh, if if. I were teaching this, or if Marissa was teaching this, if Dave was teaching this, what would be the verses we would focus on? And so it's a smorgasbord of Hebrews right. today, okay? <laughs> we have the cornucopia out it's, for everyone it's to out see. out for a everyone. A plethora of wisdom. Man, there's a lot of big words flying around here. <laughs> so uh, where I would sit, and, and even if you decide to focus on uh, any of these three, uh, you could always just mention in passing um, the other two. Um, my favorite verse of... Hebrews 13 is verse 7. Mm-hmm. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And so we're given this commandment to stop and remember people from our past, either living or maybe in some cases they passed away, and to appreciate what they did to serve you and your relationship with God. And so uh, if I were teaching this in a community group, in fact, we did this for a little bit in the staff meeting yesterday, just Let's remember our leaders, who's, who's a person or two that we would look to that because of their influence in our lives, we're closer to Christ. Uh, so we'll just do that real quick. You know, for me, it's uh, Calvin Miller, my, my mentor, my preaching professor, more importantly, my friend. And uh, he's been with the Lord now for over a dozen years, but still he benefits my, my ministry. Dave, who, who would that be for you? I think of Guy Vanderlinden, uh, a guy that, uh, a man, when I was 18 years old, he pulled me under his wing, he mentored me. He was just a mechanic. He, he wasn't a trained minister, but he saw value in simply investing in and discipling people that, that put in my heart this desire to disciple people, no matter where they are, no matter what's going on. There you go. Is he still alive? He passed away uh, about five years ago. Okay. So, uh, so my, my person's dead. Dave's person is dead. Marissa, is there somebody in your life that's still alive? A living? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like last week when we were talking about Abel and Enoch. You've got the, the dead and the, the ones that are, that's are right. still alive. Still the, that's still alive. Um, hmm. Yeah. My, my parents, my grandparents, of course. And then I throw a bone to Eric Costanzo. I, um, when I was kind of struggling with my faith and, and kind of my calling, um, he was somebody who spoke that calling very clearly unto me. And so I really um, value his friendship, and he's somebody that I can continue to kind of throw ideas against and be like, hey, am I, am I crazy? Is this heretical? And I'm like, no, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit, sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but really value his friendship and, and his leadership in my life. Yeah, and I do too. And, and shout out to Eric Costanzo. Um, uh, you know, I'm grateful for him as well. My son uh, was looking for an internship this summer, and he's, he's, he's interned here a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, you need something different. And so he interned with Eric at South Tulsa Baptist and got a very different experience and a very good experience. Yeah, so yeah. that's great. Grateful for Eric. Now let's stop talking about him. Let's talk about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, so we're, we're very grateful. And, and so if I were teaching this um, in a community group, 
you could just take some time and, and mention some names around the circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, people love to talk about those who have positively influenced them and then say a prayer of thanks to God on their behalf. So, mm-hmm. okay, so, um, so Marissa, if you were teaching this, what, anywhere in Hebrews 13, where would you land? Yeah, like you said, there's so much richness in these verses, and I kind of see this whole exhortation as um, a follow-up to um, the author of Hebrews saying, you know, when we lived by the law, we lived by kind of um, these outside um, um, obligations, but the desire of God is for his law to live inside of our hearts. So what does that look like? How does this living with the law inside of our heart, abiding within us, kind of more aligned to God's will um, in kind of that natural way, what does that look like? And so I see the author of Hebrews as kind of a parent who's sending uh, their child off to college, and um, you kind of uh, just kind of exhort, <laughs> you kind of all the bits of wisdom and guidance and warnings and everything just kind of flow out of you um, before that one last hug, and you kind yeah. of set them forth. And um, that's something that I imagine, I'm sure, you know, you've had that experience. Oh, I set one forth today. Yeah. Yeah, we're back to school. <laughs> yeah, so so that's kind of how I see whenever Paul or Peter um, uh, or uh, or the, this author um, has these final exhortations, that's what I imagine, kind of them, them as our spiritual parents sending us forth with as much wisdom as they can cram into our heads before they sign off. So, um, and so this whole section just, I, I feel like a child, um, you know, um, uh, the very first line, um, love one another as brothers and sisters, and, and that Greek is, uh, let brotherly love abide or endure, um, and, and to see ourselves as this family of God, and that our leaders as kind of these shepherds, as our parents, who truly, you know, nothing makes a parent happier than to see all of their kids getting along and happy and thriving. So, um... My favorite verses um, are maybe 12 through 14. It says, And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not come or do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. And and this follows um, one last, man, they couldn't resist one last reference to altar and tabernacle and sacrifice. Um but that just like the lambs and the sacrifices uh, were uh, taking place outside the city, that's where we find Jesus' presence as well. Um, anyone considered unclean or impure went outside that city gate, and we've talked that, about that in the past when we talked about, uh, you know, in Numbers 12 with Miriam, who had that affliction of her skin and was sent outside of the city. But anytime you think about um, kind of the harshness of that situation, you know, anyone who's impure, you know, women who are in their monthly cycle were sent outside the city, anybody that had any kind of affliction. Um, But if we think back to when we talked about the Day of Atonement and how much concern people had for impurity, and when we live in that constant um, need to feel a clean conscience but aren't given that gift... Uh, when we constantly live in a spirit of guilt and shame and fear, um, then we are incredibly concerned with um, those around us corrupting us and making us impure. And I think about Jesus' interaction with a woman who had the bleeding affliction and how um, you know her perceived impurity couldn't touch his holiness, that he instead transmitted his holiness to her. Right. And that ties into, you know, the, you know, the democratization of sanctification that occurred when the, the curtain was ripped 
and that the author of Hebrews enjoys uh, extolling about as well. Um, but that the 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 holiness of the holy of holies, um, when that curtain was ripped down, it didn't just invite us into the holy of holies; it made everything holy. Um, it brought uh, the, the presence of God throughout the land. So. We find Christ outside the camp because he was rejected, because he was an outcast, because he suffered, because um, you know he was found to be distasteful or corrupting to society. But we also find him outside the camp because to be set apart is to be holy. Right. Um, and we also find him out of the outside the camp because he is ministering to those who need him the most. Um, and if sacrificing to God, and like the author of Hebrews said, looks more like feeding the hungry than it does burning an offering then uh, that's where we should be too. So what would you say um, as application for this, Marissa, if you, if you were to teach this to somebody who feels like they're on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. what would you say? I would say that the presence of God is with you most deeply. Um, that if we are feeling alone, if we are feeling outcast, if we are feeling impure and dejected and guilty, that Jesus is there with us. And I would also say that if we are seeking God's comfort, if we're seeking Jesus' presence, not to go and look for him in the Holy of Holies because he's not there, but to go outside the camp and serve other people, to minister to other people because that's where his presence is. So his presence is with those who are hurting, and if we are seeking his presence, we should seek out those who are hurting and serve them. That's exactly right. I was looking for a quote uh, very quickly from Henry now, and I can't find the exact um, exact reference, exact wording, but he said, those who think they are finished are finished. You know, mm-hmm. those who think they have have found everything have lost their way. And it's typically those who um, think they've got it together that probably are wrong. Mm-hmm. It's those mm-hmm. who feel a little on the outside who are actually closest to the Lord. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Marissa, I'm going to teach that instead. I mean, forget, <laughs> my, forget my favorite verse. That was better. Yeah. Or we could so. just spend a few really more weeks good. in Hebrews. We could. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, Dave, if you were to teach this, what uh, what direction would you go? What verses would you choose? So I really like verse 15. Uh, Marissa, like you, I appreciate just the almost like the, the shotgun approach where, yeah. where the author of Hebrews goes item after item after item after item in... I'm guessing the author of Hebrews spent some time with Paul because typical of most Paul's letters, he ends the letters with, with a, t- a smattering of, of exhortations just quickly reminding everybody, this is how we function, this is how we live. But he transitions from there to dive deep into theology, to talk about the, the Old Testament sacrificial system one more time. And then he concludes that section in verse 15 with this challenge to, to worship God. He says, therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confesses his name. That, that word in the Greek, let us, let us offer a sacrifice of praise, it's, it's the word that, that connotates a sense of saying a, uh, a declaration or um, perhaps a doxology or even singing a hymn or a worship song, but it's something that's very much so about who God is and how because of how big and great and grand God is, we can lean into that, and we can trust that, and God will carry us through and guide us through. It was a confessional statement that people would share in the middle of a worship gathering for the purpose of reminding each other that God was bigger than any problem they could face. And so there's something about that as, as we look at who Jesus is as the ultimate sacrifice for sins, as the one who, who covers over our own fear, fears of inadequacy or, or shortcomings 
who meets us on the outside of camp and, and invites us to go out there to minister to other people, he's going to carry us through anything and everything. And if we keep that on our lips, it not only reminds us, but it reminds everyone around us as we're walking together in community that together with God, we can experience God's presence in new and powerful ways and take that to other people who desperately need that. So, so in your translation, did he use the word confess there toward the end of the verse? Yes. Okay, mine uses the word profess. I like confess better. Mm. Uh, if you think about it, there's, there's two kinds of confession. One, we think about we've done something wrong, so we mm-hmm. confess our flaws. But also a confession is what we believe. And to confess to one another not only means to, to own up to our sins, but to confess the goodness of God yes. regardless of the current circumstances. Anything else you'd add to that? I, I just love the imagery there of worship. Personally, as, as someone who loves the richness of worship, there's something about holding on to worship songs that can encourage us and can encourage other people. I like what you picked up even on just confession. It's not only something that we do as we're just singing worship songs, but even that, even singing worship songs or reciting Bible verses that we have memorized inside of our soul, that's an act of confession as much as confessing sin is. Yeah. So, so what I like is we've chosen our, our verses. You know, it, it, it's kind of... Uh, the Bible speaks to all of our different personalities, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, with me and my concern of, of leadership and not only leadership, but character and leadership. Um, Marissa, and I use this word in a, a, not in a uh, bad sense... <laughs> <laughs> what he was about to say, but you're very inclusive, you know, and I don't yeah. mean that in the in the sense that um, that that word we're is expanding be- the borders of the city yeah, of God. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and and that's what we're called to do. That's yes, and, absolutely. And Dave, with your love for worship, I mean, I just see, I, I know your personalities, and mm-hmm. so I see why you would choose these verses. Uh, and I would encourage our community group leaders if if there's a verse or an idea in here that you go, yeah, I don't really like what Darren or Marissa or Dave said. I want to choose this. Do it yeah. because mm-hmm. because it resonates with your personality. It will have some passion as you teach it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably touch on two other verses, um, even in passing. Verse twenty-two is um, it's kind of the the mission or the purpose of this entire book, uh, brothers and sisters. I have uh, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation. So this whole book of Hebrews is an exhortation, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Uh, that word exhortation has the word hort in there, H-O-R-T, and is tied to the word horticulture. So it's, it's a book about growth. Mm-hmm. It's I want you mm-hmm. to grow. And, um, you know, I think a, another great question to ask in community groups would be, where do you think Christians need to start growing these days? And I'll throw that out to you guys as well. I think Christians really need to grow up in the way we handle conflict. Mm-hmm. We do mm-hmm. a pretty poor job. In fact, we do more imitating of culture than we imitate Christ mm-hmm. in the way that we handle conflict. And in an increasingly polarized world, I think we need to do better mm-hmm. in that. So that's what I would encourage Christians to grow. Y'all want to add anything to that? Basically, you're saying grow up, guys. <laughs> be the adult in the room. Yeah, I think to act with humility huh. and, um, and to truly work for the thriving of the community of God and for the greater city. Um, is something that we've um, sometimes missed the boat on. Agreed. In fact, the church fathers would say that humility is the key to all other virtues. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that one, you can't have any of the others. Mm-hmm. So, Dave? I, I think the biggest spiritual discipline that the author of Hebrews invites us to go back to again and again is 
holding on to the truths of Scripture, memorizing those, internalizing those, and letting those constantly be on our lips. And so I would almost say one of the challenges from this book is to hold on tightly to the truths of Scripture, to memorize Scripture, cultivate the spiritual discipline of memorizing Scripture, to let that guide you and direct your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's been a rich study. This is kind of your final word on Hebrews. Anything else y'all are just dying to say about Hebrews? Oh, man. Oh. So much Hebrews. Of course you would throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I go back to, uh, you know, seven times in the book, he says, draw near to mm-hmm. God, draw near, draw near, over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll end this with uh, the great benediction in verse 20 and 21. And as a community group leader, I would maybe even encourage you if you feel comfortable or maybe if you feel a little uncomfortable doing it, do it, do it anyway. Uh, bless the people of your community group, and you can use it. Use these words, and this will be high end our podcast. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Amen.